0: I want to take you back. Kids, I don't have to take you back very far, but for some of us, I have to take you back a long way. How many of you kids play follow the leader? Anybody? Anybody play follow the leader? Okay. All right. Well, okay. I'm the leader. How many of you play follow the leader? Okay. That's much, much better. Okay. Follow the leader is a pretty simple game, right? A person is the leader, whomever that is, and they set the pace. They do stuff, and the people in line behind them will imitate or copy what they're doing. So if they go over a, a, a log, the other people go over a log. If they they roll around on the ground, other people roll around on the ground. Whatever they're doing, then then you just kind of imitate. It's a simple game. It really is. It's, it's really really simple, until you get a smart aleck who's in the lead, and they decide, "I'm going to do something that nobody else can do." I'm going to make this so hard, so complicated, so difficult uh, because you know I'm bigger than the other kids or stronger than the other kids or more gifted in this way, or I'm a bigger risk taker than the rest of them, and I'm going to lead in such a way that they cannot follow, which kind of defeats the purpose of the game. The purpose of the game is that you allow people to follow you and you do things and, and you're doing those things together. Now, some of us have gotten the idea that following Jesus is kind of like the way we used to play follow the leader. And that is that we've got Jesus out there who's in the lead and he's doing stuff that we can't do. He's leading places that we can't go. And, and sometimes it is a challenge because, you know, Jesus tells us to love everybody. And sometimes you have a hard enough time even liking your husband. You know, sometimes you have a hard enough time even liking your kids, alone loving everybody. And so there are some challenging places that Jesus leads us. But I want to let you know this morning that if Jesus is calling us, if Jesus is leading us, then Jesus will equip us to follow. If he's calling us to follow, he will equip us to follow. And what's more, he uses the local church, a church like Grace Fellowship, in order to do exactly that to come alongside you as you seek to follow Jesus, to come alongside you and to help you to follow him better. Consider the words that the apostle Paul wrote as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, and this is what he writes. He says, and he gave, that is, is the Lord. The Lord gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it will build itself up in love. Now, these few verses tell us a lot. But what I want you to hear this morning is that these verses tell us that God has given the church leaders, that is, people in places who are gifted and called to lead, and He's given leaders for a purpose. And this outlines for us what that purpose is. We're told that He has given us leaders in order to equip God's people for ministry, to equip you, to give you what you need in order to do the ministry He's called you to do. That is the role of those who are in leadership in the life of the church. That includes your pastors, it includes your elders, it includes the deacons, it includes our ministry team leaders. We are all here and God has gifted us and called us in order to equip you for the works of ministry. In other words, we're not to do it all ourselves. We're not to 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 claim every hill as one that we have to personally conquer, but instead we are to equip you to give you what you need in order to do what God has called you to do and to live as God has called you to live. But it goes further. It says that the purpose that God gave these leaders is to unify God's people and to grow them up in their knowledge of Jesus Christ and in their faith. We have a a responsibility to bring us together. And so most of what we do, and I I would love to say all of what we do, but I can certainly say most of what we do, most of what we do as a church, most of what we plan as a church, has a design to fulfill this. For instance, this afternoon, having a picnic. Listen, I didn't plan for it to be 81 degrees and beautiful. Lord gave us that day, so we're going to take it. Okay, but we have a place to go and an opportunity to come together just to be together. And that's a great thing. We don't do that often enough as a church. Just pull together with no agenda other than just to be together. And I'm excited about that. It helps to foster unity, but it also fosters unity when we paint a clear vision of where it is that we want to go and call everyone to Follow that single vision of who we are and what God has called us to do. But he goes even further. It's not just to unify us and to grow us, he says, but it's also to build one another up in genuine love. To build us up, to to create a, a firm foundation, to build on that foundation, growing us up in love for one another. Caring about one another, meeting one another's needs, being there for one another, and loving one another through whatever it is that's going on in life. Now, when we came together as a church, actually before we formed as a church, we put together a a mission statement. Many of you know it. Some of you have it memorized. Some of you, this will be new for you. But our mission statement simply says that Grace Fellowship exists to glorify God by bringing people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. If we're going to unify us around something, this is what we want to unify around. That God has called us, equipped us, made us in order to bring glory to Him by bringing people into this life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And as, as as your pastor, and all of our church leaders would agree, what we want to do is to help you in whatever way we can to experience genuine life change because of a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to do everything we can to help make that a growing experience for you. So here's the challenge. We started out talking about follow the leader. Here's the challenge. The challenge is following Jesus is actually simple, but it's not always easy. Can we agree on that? Following Jesus is simple. The game follow the leader is simple, right? You've got a leader. You got people who are coming behind that leader, doing to the very best of their ability what the leader is doing. It's simple, it's just not always easy. As church leaders, we want to equip you to follow Jesus as a way of life, to take after Him, to come after Him, to to be in His footsteps. And it's not something that'll just be reserved for a a block of time on Sunday morning or on Wednesday night or on Thursday night or whenever it might be for you. It's not one of those things that that is just contained inside the walls of a a building. We'll come in here and we'll do all the the Jesus stuff in here. No, it's intended to be a way of life. And thus, the, the title of the message and what you'll see subtitling a lot of what we're doing with our grace at home, is following Jesus equals life. This is what our life is supposed to be, following Jesus 24-7 with everything that is within us. And that's our calling. We have it in our core values. It says, one of our core values says that every Christ follower has a personal responsibility to take ownership for his or her own spiritual growth while we as a church have a responsibility to provide the inspiration, information, and resources necessary for that growth to occur. In other words, you are responsible before God for your own spiritual growth. Don't point at somebody else. Don't say, well, they messed it up. They tripped me up. They didn't give me enough. They're not feeding me. You are responsible before God for your own spiritual growth but you have a partner. You have a local church, a body of believers that wants to come around you and leaders that God has called and equipped to come around you in order to help you to know what it means to follow Jesus and to fulfill that calling to the very best of your ability. Because we believe that following Jesus daily, that following Him daily, that this is God's, this is where change happens. We said that we wanted to lead people into a life changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Not something that's stagnant, but something that's alive, something that's growing, that's something that's ever changing. And God has that in store for you. This is what God wants for you. I don't, uh, uh, Michael mentioned earlier about that pin stuck in the the, the timeline of your life, that pen and, and where you are spiritually and how that looked a month ago or how that looked a year ago compared to where it is now. And some of you, if you were honest, you would have to admit, you know where that pen has not moved at all. As a matter of fact, it's not that it hadn't moved in a month. It's not that it hadn't moved in a year. This pen hadn't moved in 10 years. I have been stuck right where I am for 10 years Folks, that didn't life change. And that's what we want to see for you. And that's what God has in store for you. And so, first of all, you must take responsibility for that. that it's my responsibility. But you need to utilize every resource that's available to you. And that's where your church comes in to provide those kinds of resources to help you to grow. So how can we do that? We're excited today. How many of you saw when you came in the Grace at Home Resource Center when you came in the door? How many of you saw that? Okay, most of you saw that. It's hard to miss, right? Because it's big and new and it's beautiful. Uh, and, And I want to share a little bit with you about that Grace at Home Resource Center because that is one aspect of what we'll be doing to try to help you in your spiritual growth personally, help you grow in in your family to help you connect in your community and really to make you a disciple who learns how to make disciples because that's what we're called to do reproduce to be disciples who make disciples and so the grace at home resource center what is that let me give you kind of a, a simple definition The Grace at Home Resource Center is just part of an overall effort to equip individuals and families with the tools they need to follow Jesus and to help others to follow him. And so when you go to the Grace at Home Resource Center, and we, this is a good news, it's for everybody. You go, well, it's Grace at Home. That means if I don't have kids at home, it's not for me. If I'm not married, it's not for me. If I'm a grandparent, I don't have any kids at it's not for me. It's just, you know, it's got to be for other people. No, this is for, if you're here and you're alive, it's for you. If you're dead, we've got other stuff like funerals. But if you're alive and you're here, that Grace at Home Resource Center is for you. We work very, very, very hard in order to make sure that it has resources and will continue to have resources that hits every aspect of your life. And so before our worship services on Sunday morning, during our, uh, fellowship time that we have. And after our worship services, the Grace at Home Re- Resource Center will be staffed with people who can help you kind of point you in the right direction to, to show you what's there. So there is free material up there. Free material for single moms, for single dads, for couples, married couples, uh, for married couples who have kids, for grandparents, for single adults, for senior adults, there's stuff up there for every body. And we want to make it, we want to keep growing this, providing this material. And we also have up there what we will, some recommended resources. In other words, there's some books up there that we have that are recommended. In other words, we've gone through these, and we're saying these are some things that you can trust. Now, we don't have books up there for every aspect of life, but this will be a growing thing that we'll be doing, and we'll be changing the books out. Now, we are not trying to be a bookstore. We don't have room to be a bookstore. So occasionally we will have books up there where we will have multiple copies and we can give them to you at cost. But most of the time, those books are up there so that you can take a picture of it with your phone. (laughs) This is how we take notes in the 21st century. Take a picture of it with your phone and then be able to look that up on Amazon or Lifeway. And it may be that what we'll be able to do is to to provide the links for you, maybe in some of our our emails or things that go out in order to help you to connect with that. But we'll try to have recommended resources up there for you. Uh, Each month, we're going to give away a resource. And I want to let you know what we're giving away right now. I should be giving away copies of Jonah because I got a lot of those. But (laughs) But what we're going to be giving away is this book entitled Growing Up, How to Be a Disciple Who Makes Disciples uh, by Robbie Gallaty. And we have only a few copies uh, that we can get rid of for sale, but we want to give one of these away this month. And so how do we do that? And every month you're going to see it. There's a fishbowl there, and there'll be this little form. And if you'll just fill it out, if you're interested in the resource, fill it out, put it in the fishbowl. And then uh, on the last Sunday of each of those months, we will draw... And, uh, and we'll be able to give you one of those resources. So it's there. So take advantage of that. It's an incredible book. Um, and so I'm not giving this one back. I'm going to keep that one. No, no, if you want it, we'll give it to you. So, um, another aspect of the grace of grace at home is going to be what you find online. This is coming soon. This is under the coming soon category. Where we'll have a grace at home heading, and then you'll have a lot of opportunities to figure out resources that we point you to that'll be helpful uh we'll We'll try to provide seasonal resources for you for instance, uh, we have uh, Christmas coming up, we have Thanksgiving coming up, and so during these times of life, what we want to do is provide resources for instance an, an advent calendar or advent ideas that you can have in your own home or with your family. How do we anticipate Christmas other than you know well, you don't get to do I feel so sorry for kids who don't get a Sears and Roebuck catalog. I really I feel sorry for you guys. That was that was the highlight of the year. There's a catalog that came in the mail's about that thick, and half of it was toys. And you remember this, right? You circling things, folding down all your pages, kind of going, Well, these are the things I'd like, Mom. And, you know, it started out that thick, but you've dog-eared so many pages. It's that thick? Okay. All right. So y'all missed that. So, but anyway, what kind of resources can we provide that will help you as an individual, as a family, during these special times of year? So that's another aspect of what we're trying to do. And, of course, that just scratches the surface. This is going to be a comprehensive thing that we as a church are going to be doing. Your staff's on board. Your elders are on board. We want you to get on board because this is how we can come alongside you and help you to do what you're called to do, and that is to grow up in your faith, to become a man or woman of God who's living out their faith, a disciple who is making disciples. Now, we're also going to do something three times a year that I want to call your attention to, and this is pretty easy because this is our 120 Days of Intentionality plan and here's the good news, in the seat rack in front of you, or if you're sitting on the front row, right on, on the seat, there is this card, okay? I want, to, I want you to go ahead and grab it, pull it out. I want to walk you through this, and the reason I want to take time to walk you through this is because this is one of those self-evaluation times to say, okay, this is where, this is where the pen is in my life right now, but I don't want it to stay here. So this gives us a beginning. So this is our hundred and twenty days of intentionality, and if you will open it up to the inside, what you're going to see here, uh, and I've got a picture of it. So in case you're wondering what the inside looks like, that's it. You're going to see the two left-hand columns, the two left-hand boxes, the big part. Uh, it talks about marriage. It talks about uh, it talks about children. It talks about grandchildren, parenting, grandparenting. It talks about Singleness, being single adult. In other words, we tried to cover the bases here. Now, you'll notice under that, it's got some boxes that you can check. For instance, if you look, let's just look under the marriage one because that's on the far left. Uh, you've got area of nurturing intimacy and avoiding dangers. And you can look on here and go, okay, these are things that I've, I've done and you can check those, okay? Um, th- this, how intentional have I been about this? Um, this is just, This really is more to stir up ideas to kind of spark your imagination of what is possible. Last night, it's not on here. Last night, I danced with my wife. I did. Uh, We weren't very good, or at least I wasn't. Uh, but, But she and I, we danced. It's been a long time since we danced. And we had an opportunity to dance together. That's a cool thing. That, that's that increases the intimacy in the relationship, the closeness in the relationship. And so that's not on here, but that would be a thing we could go, you know what? That's, that was good. We need to think about doing that kind of thing, moving the rug back in the house and just dancing when nobody's watching. So that would work. There's probably a country song about that. But you'll notice uh, on here, there are, there are three white boxes. I've circled those up on the screen in case you're having a challenge. This is, this is where we need your help. It says, uh, under the marriage, one. I'm confident, my marriage will last until one of us dies. And you're able to say, you know what? I'm really confident in that, or I'm not so confident in that and circle one to five. <laughs> no, you may not want to do it with your spouse watching. So kind of hide your answer. So, or maybe you need to talk about it. Um, But this this is where we need your help because what's going to happen is you're actually going to take and tear off the little piece over here and without putting your name on this, you're going to turn this back in by just putting it back under the seat, okay? You don't have to let anybody see it. Don't put your name on it. But depending on where you are, if you're married, if you've got kids, grandkids, if you're single, this is your opportunity to check this and we're going to give you a minute to do it. So you don't have to do it right now, but I'm just trying to let you know what's on here. Okay. On the other side, the little tear off. Okay. Let me tell you what this tear off is for. This tear off is for you to keep on one side of it. It has my 120 day plan and you get to, depending on where you are in life, you get to go on here and to check. Okay. I will we will do this. I'll plan at least two dates nights per month. Maybe that's what you want to check. Or maybe you've got another idea based on some of the other things in here and you can write that down. Now, what you want to do with this is you want to keep this and you want to keep it because if there's intentionality about it, that means I have to be intentional. So you want to put this in your Bible, put this in your devotional material, put this on your bathroom mirror, put this, uh, you know, on, you know, tape it to the mirror, hanging down your your truck for your rear mirror, wherever it is that you need to do in order to keep this in front of you. This is for the rest of this month for November, December, and for January. This is your plan. This is what I'm going to do. It can be one thing. It can be two things. Let's not get overly ambitious to start. Okay. Just one or two things that this is what I'm going to do. This is the commitment I'm making to my spouse, to my kids, to myself, to God. This is the commitment I'm making. In order to follow Jesus more closely. And then you hang on to this. On the other side of it, it just gives you all these things that you see here are resources that you can pick up at the Grace at Home Center. So you can look on there and go, you know what? I I need something on launching young adults because that means getting them out of the house. Yeah, letting them, letting them go. I, I want something on that. So you can, and you can go and you can just take this and go, Hey, listen, can you give me something on this? If it's not out on display, it's out there anyway, so they, the host can help you. So, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play some filling out music. You know what filling out music is? You're about to find out. And we want to give you just a few minutes, because we want to take it on, we be on purpose on this, to go in and to fill out the big side, the big section, which allows you, especially the white boxes there, you turn this in this will help give us an anonymous baseline so that we can ask ourselves are we helping you grow the way you need to grow so you want to do that and once you've got that you can put it right under the seat and then fill out your 120 day plan let's give you a few minutes to do it okay some of you are still working I want to ask you to keep working but I want to just uh, as you're working uh, I want to let you know that uh, there are a couple of when you go there, are these, this is what they look like. This is just one that says your child's schooling options. Um, and it, it's got, you know, who's responsible and those kinds of things. Anyway, this is just one of those that's out there. Pick it up. It's just kind of a, it's simple. Just a, a little, no more than four pages on it. That's an option to pick up just one of them. And then there are recipe cards. Now this this is not for Nancy's pecan pie because that's a secret and I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. No, it's no, it's, it's a, uh, she'd probably give it to you if you asked her for it. They're not recipes for food. These are recipes for things that you can actually do in your family or in your home in order to, uh, to help foster, um, uh, better relationships, deepen discipleship within your home. And so, uh, Just take, I just, I'm letting you know that because there's a lot for you to look at out there and you may not get to see it all today, but we want to encourage you to take advantage of that because like I said, discipleship, following Jesus is simple. It's just not easy. So once you, once you've got that big portion done, put it in there in the seat in front of you or under your seat, if you're on the front row. And then the small portion you keep. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep going. I want to share a couple other things with you before before we close out today. You notice today's message is a little bit different because we wanted to introduce grace at home to you. We felt like it was important enough to take this time to introduce it to you because following Jesus is simple. It's just not easy. And so we want to help you to figure out how to do that. Um in Matthew's gospel, the ninth chapter, one the one verse, verse nine. So as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew. And he was sitting in a tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And Matthew got up and he followed him. Okay, I said following Jesus is simple, right? That's simple. Follow me. How simple could, I mean, couldn't get any more simple than that, right? Follow me. What's the hard part? Closing up shop leaving what you're familiar with, leaving your security in order to follow. Or or, or how about this? In, uh, in in Mark's gospel, the first chapter, we read, passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And then immediately uh, they, they left their nets and they followed him going on a little farther, he saw James and the son of Zebedee and John, his brother, who were in the boat mending nets. And immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants. And they followed him again. what? How simple could it be? Follow me. And yet to leave behind everything that was known, everything that was secure in order to follow Jesus, that was the hard part. And then we read, and this one always hits me in Matthew 19. It said, behold, a man came to Jesus saying, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Which shows us from the very outset, he didn't quite understand what eternal life was all about. And Jesus said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbors yourself. And the young man said to him, All these things I've kept. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And Come follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Following Jesus is simple, but not everyone is willing to sacrifice in order to follow because it's not easy. Now we hear that and, and we ask ourselves, if it's not easy, then why do I want to do it? <laughs> when I add up, when I, when I do the math in my own life and I recognize that to follow Jesus could indeed be costly for me, why should I Do this. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you should do it because it's worth it. What what profit is it for a person if they gain the entire world? I mean, they get everything this life has to offer, and yet they lose their very soul. What value is all that stuff? When was the last time you saw a hearse? from the funeral home, pull in a U-Haul. It doesn't happen. Because you can't take any of that stuff with you. When it's over, all that stuff is irrelevant. What will matter, what will matter is your relationship with God in Jesus Christ. That's it. That's all that's going to matter. Everything that you have will be burned up like wood, hay, and stubble. It'll all be ashes. Except those things that you've done with and for the Lord, those things remain. And so how do we want to invest our lives? You see, Jesus is still calling us today. He said way back when, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And Jesus is still calling us today. The same kind of call. It's simple. Come with me. Leave where you are keep in step with me, go where I go, experience life with me, don't stray off on your own, stay close to me in the good times, stay close to me in the bad times. I am with you. What I'm calling you to do is to intentionally be with me. Think about that. I'm with you, but I'm calling you to intentionally be with me. And it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter your marital status. It doesn't matter your social standing. Jesus calls the same. Follow me. It won't always be easy, but it will always be worth it. Those who find the most satisfaction in their Christian lives are those who discover a simple equation. Following Jesus equals life. Simple equation. Life is about following Jesus, not as a side job, not as a Sunday only thing, not like a light switch you turn off and on at a whim. We are most satisfied in life when we are most satisfied in Jesus. And that's the truth. Much of our dissatisfaction in life has to do with our distance from Jesus. Jesus calls us to follow him, not part-time, but all the time. And so the question I have for you this morning as we wrap this up is this. Are you ready to go on that journey? For some of you, is starting the journey, and that is I need a, a relationship with God. I need Jesus as my Savior. I, don't, I can't follow him as Lord because I don't even have him as Savior. But today, I want that. For some of you, you go, you know what? I've started this journey, but I've been trying to do it all by myself. I haven't relied on a local church family. I haven't l- relied on a community of believers to come alongside me and to help me to walk. And today, I want to change that. I need to be a part of a community of faith that takes my faith seriously and takes our faith serious. And that's where God wants me to be. For some of you, it may simply be, you know what? I've been on this journey. I started this journey, but if I have to look at where the pin is on my map right now, it hadn't moved very much. I haven't been intentional, 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 about my faith, about my following. And today, I want to make a new start. And Here's the good news, folks. God's all about new starts. God's all about fresh beginnings. God's all about renewal. And it may be what you need this morning. This journey is an exciting journey. I invite you to come. And be part of it.